You won't use this message because you're a cowardly, spineless piece of shit. You're a lying, lip-tarted bastard, Jesse Dollarmore, you fat fucking garbage piece of shit. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 673 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, talented, scholarly, as always, Brittany Page, everybody. Well, congratulations are in order, Jesse D. Congratulations to me? You hit 175,000 oh, subscribers yeah. on YouTube today. Yeah, it's a big deal. It happened, like, this morning, right? Yeah, sometime in the middle of the night while I was slumbering mm-hmm. in restless sleep. You know, when? so you got the the play button. Right. When did you get that? Do you remember when you? That's for one hundred thousand subscribers. Right. Yeah. And do you know when you got that? You're making a face that would indicate that you don't. I don't know exactly. Is it, it about? Was, it was way after a year ago. Uh, about February, I think I. Like February 2019. I I don't know. Yeah, it seems it seems that friends we were talking about when it might be. And I think I thought it would be around, I think I thought, I think that I, that I had determined it would probably be sometime around um, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So I think it was around then that I got it. Oh, a little Valentine's Day so, treat. So about a year ago, yeah, and here I am. And Approaching that took, 200. That took about three years, just under three years, and mm-hmm. here I am, almost another 100,000 yep. in about a year. It's awesome. It happens pretty quick. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Good work. I often catch myself like, ah, it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It I feel really deal. good about it. Yeah. Good. It's, it's, I'm, I'm allowing myself to... Not like I deprive myself of feeling good. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's. It, I don't want to downplay it. It's, it's something that... Um, I, I'm very thankful that um, I have people that that care enough about the world we live in to to pay attention to mm-hmm. the the shit that I think is important too. So absolutely good, good times. And if you're not somehow by some freak of fucking nature, uh. <laughs> not subscribed to me on YouTube. Yeah. The address is very complicated. So mm. get a pen and paper. Here we go. Do you have it? YouTube.com slash Dollamore. Mm. <laughs> Everything's Dollamore. Yep. Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, yep, the YouTubes, yep, good times. LinkedIn, probably. I have no idea. <laughs> probably, mm-hmm. I don't. I have it. Probably is because I like to lock down the dollar more. Yeah, I shouldn't say that, and then people are gonna run out and. Uh, but but LinkedIn, I don't even. What the fuck use is is LinkedIn? Um. I mean, I don't know how to answer that question, but I'm sure that there are some people who could speak to that and feel that there is some sort of benefit to it. Yeah, a lot of people do. I think do. people find jobs and things on there. I think that still happens. I think it really is used for 
connecting, but hmm. you need to know how to do that or I, do I it do in a not. certain way. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to know how to use it in order to derive the benefits from it. Yeah. And I'm not that guy. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. It, like, I don't even really consider it social networking, mm-hmm. like a social platform. Well, it is. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a dumb guy. I also don't know how to use the Snapchat or even I deleted uh, yesterday. Yeah. I got an alert on my phone that was like, hey, fucker, you're running out of space rapidly. Uh-huh. So I went through and deleted a bunch of apps that I never have ever used. Mm-hmm. TikTok was on my phone. You had TikTok. I had TikTok. I had no idea. Wow. I don't anymore. You're more hip than I am. I have never downloaded TikTok. So I'm cool just for having it on my phone, having never used it. It is the thing that all the kids are using these days. (laughs) Well, it's not even on my phone to use anymore. I do see a lot of funny videos from TikTok, actually. I I see kind of odd videos of people like doing strange dances from time to time. Um that don't make sense to me because yeah. I'm not on TikTok, but uh, <laughs> I, I do see Sarah Cooper is like doing Donald Trump impressions. Uh, like lip syncs of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she's, by the way, very fucking funny. Yeah. They're hilarious videos. And we had talked about her really early on in the show because she did this very funny uh, like cartoon series about work. And like how to look good in meetings or something. In business meetings. Yeah. And one of the, one of the cartoons was just asking, will it scale? Yeah. Just talking about whether or not whatever it is yes. will scale. Right. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Any subject, just say that phrase. What, will it scale? What was, what was the, the cartoon how to fake it in business meetings? Oh, that's right. Just yeah. by like using the fucking jargon. Right. 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 Very funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She, she is using the, I guess that is TikTok. I thought maybe it was just Twitter, but. Yeah, so she has really blown up, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't follow me on Twitter anymore. She's so big. Oh. <laughs> is that is that what the... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a grudge you're holding. It seems I, like something really, you're upset yeah, about. I'm really holding on to it. I mean, it. you're talking about it. <laughs> you brought it up. Listen, I'm big time now. I got 175,000 subscribers on YouTube. How That's dare right. she? That's right. How dare she? That's right. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Good times. We appreciate you joining us. Um, before before we move on here, I guess this is part of moving on is just getting to some listener communication. Uh, we got a we we've got a, a few voicemails as we always do. I don't know why I'm stumbling here, but we also have some emails. Yesterday on the show, last episode, I talked about. The black voter response and what has been a positive voter response to Joe Biden. And I was perplexed. I think it was Lee in Michigan wrote in. And I was perplexed about, because I don't understand it. Obviously, I'm not a part of the black community. But I'm always seeking to understand more. To be led into people's worldview. I think we all should endeavor to do that. And we have an email pushing back against what Lee said in his email or in, in his was it a voicemail or email? Email. Email. Go ahead. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, I just want to respond to Lee's email on episode 672. As a 37 year old black man from Missouri, I just want you to know I do not support Joe Biden and I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. 
Most black people I know under the age of 45 voted for Bernie Sanders. Now, I can't speak for them as to why they voted for Sanders, but I can tell you why I did. In short, I did my research. Bernie has been fighting for the rights of people for over 50 years. He was arrested in Chicago during civil rights demonstrations in 1963 and at the age of 21 protesting discrimination against people of color. Bernie Sanders spent his entire life fighting for others and his record reflects that. That's why Bernie didn't need to do some kind of black outreach. The same cannot be said about Joe Biden, who lied and said he was arrested trying to meet Nelson Mandela. Also lied about marching during the civil rights movement, which he later confessed that he lied about both. That's just his character. We haven't touched base on his policies and his voting record. The reason why most older black voters or black voters from the South voted for Joe was because he was Obama's VP. His name is familiar. Obama picked Joe Biden in 2008 to be his VP to gain conservative voters. It's funny you believe most people voted Joe during the primaries, when in fact Bernie Sanders was leading until weeks before Super Tuesday, when Democratic candidates started dropping out of the race like flies and openly endorsing Joe Biden when he was dead last in votes and delegates. Ask yourself, Lee, what sense does it make to endorse the last place candidate to lead the party than the first place candidate? Truth is, the DNC was getting nervous why Bernie might run away with the Democratic nomination. That's why Amy, Pete, Corey, and Kamala, who attacked Joe Biden on the debate stage, quickly endorsed him when Bernie was running away with the primary. Trust me, the only reason Joe is getting the support he's getting now is because he is all we have. I'm off my soapbox now. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Walter, a.k.a. Stephen. Love the show. Bernie's the best part. From St. Louis, sorry. Let me say this. Uh, At no point was Bernie running away with the primary. That's just antithetical to history. That's just not the way it was ever happening. And I'm a Bernie supporter. He just was never running away with anything. And Joe Biden does and did end up with more delegates in the primary process. By whatever, whatever machinations we want to ascribe to it, it happened. Now, I also want to push back, Walter, against this nebulous use of the phrase, the DNC decided. When each individual candidate takes it upon themselves, I mean, unless you're saying that Kamala Harris and, and every other candidate is just a, a, a puppet of the DNC that they have no choice in the matter of who or who not to endorse um, with their support. I just don't think that it's some conspiracy. I think that they looked at the moving forward that he was the best, the best option. I don't agree with it. It fucking's bananas to me, but I think that's what happened. I think there's, there's a, there's an easier, uh, explanation than some deep state DNC conspiracy type thing. Well, and I, I actually liked Walter's argument there. I almost called him Steven. <laughs> um, <laughs> about how the, the shift happened after Super Tuesday and that that needs to be taken into account. And I, I appreciate that in a, in a certain sense because when you do look to Super Tuesday and what happened, uh, in Michigan, for example, 
black voters supported Biden at rates of 66% yeah. in Michigan, uh, 72% in Missouri, and in Mississippi, where black voters make up 69% of the electorate, they backed Biden over Sanders nearly nine to one. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's all fair, right? But, uh, Walter can say that people started to see the writing on the wall that Biden was the choice meaning the only choice, and that's why their votes were directed there. But even in South Carolina, which was before Super Tuesday, which was on February 29th, Bernie Sanders didn't do well. Yeah. Well, also, again, here's another thing. I Biden wanna... won, just to say, 61% of the black Democratic primary voters there. That's also where Congressman Clyburn, he's a congressman for, for South Carolina, that he he endorsed, he he threw his, his support behind, like officially... Uh, jumping behind Joe Biden, but mm. but 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 the thing I want to push back against is um, the notion that Bernie Sanders didn't have an obligation, or the onus wasn't on him to reach out to black voters. If that's the case, then we shouldn't be complaining that he didn't do better. It could be, if he if he didn't find it important enough to make inroads with certain voter blocks, that's not on the voter block for not supporting him. That's on the candidate. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Here's the other thing. Is that, and and listen, again, we harp on this all the time, that anecdotal evidence, you you can't generalize your particular experience and the people you know to the wider general population. And Walter says that most of the, the, the black folks that he knows that are under 35 voted for Bernie Sanders. That could be explained very easily that Young voters don't make up a large, robust portion of the voter base in this country of any voter block. Unfortunately. And we did see that, that Bernie Sanders outperformed him. The 2016 Bernie Sanders way outperformed versus the, the, the 2020, the 2019 Bernie Sanders uh, with youth. They just weren't as fired up for him. Well, and that's why it's important to try to actually look at this and think, okay, like what, what, what is it that went wrong and what needs to be different? And I think that's why your question on the previous episode, Jesse, was for black voters, what is it about Joe Biden that had them voting for him? Yeah. Right. That was your main question because I still have the question because you're interested in it. Was it what Walter is saying that they felt as though there was no other choice. Was it what Walter is saying that it was just the familiarity of the name that he was Obama's VP? I mean, you know, what are the explanations that are underlying that? I think that that is a very good question, something that people should be paying attention to. In addition to where did Bernie Sanders go wrong in his campaign that it didn't do enough in terms of outreach? And that's a very important question. And the answer is not Elizabeth Warren. You mean to blame. Right. The blame shouldn't fall on her. Right. Yeah. Listen, if we want to harp on on the buck stopping with the leader, you know, Donald Trump, we, we, we talk about it all the time that he's one someone who refuses. He refuses to take responsibility. No, I don't take responsibility well, at all. If that's the case, then we can't shield our particular political leaders that we that we like from responsibility when they didn't do what they needed to do. Hillary Clinton didn't do what she needed to do in 2016. The onus is on her. Bernie Sanders, in many ways, didn't do what he needed to do to reach the groups, to fire up the groups, to energize the groups that didn't end up supporting him. 
So don't try to shift blame to somebody else. Ask yourself, what the fuck? Why didn't he do what he needed to do? Well, and it's an important lesson to learn for next time. For for another candidate for next time. Right. Because Bernie, he, he just said, I think, last week. For progressives in the future. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said last week uh, he doesn't see himself running again, which, you know, not uh, not a shocker. All right. Walter, as always, thank you. We, we appreciate you very much, Stephen. It's, uh, it's always <laughs> good to hear from you. <laughs> Moving on, uh, last episode, we also talked about changing our minds. We had a call from Jeremy. The, the co-host of Try to Podcast, mm-hmm. another little little plug for you, mm-hmm. and uh, he talked about being raised in a hyper-religious household like I was, mm-hmm. and that he carried with him for a certain amount of time some bitterness and some anger and this propensity and short fuse relative to arguing with Christians or religious people. Yeah, seeking and, to bash and shame. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we, we, we addressed that on last episode, and we... Got an email, or uh, excuse me, we got a voicemail about it. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Bruce. This is Mark Morgan again. I just want to make a quick comment about the uh, religious uh, anger. Uh, Not sure how to exactly word it. But, again, I do understand uh, both sides of the argument. And it's taken a while, you know, to for myself to get over my anger and uh, hurt over the pain that my religious experience caused me. Uh, I took a lot of hours of talking with friends and debating and uh, watching a few YouTube channels that take a different approach uh, to uh, being an atheist. Uh, I'm really more of agnostic than atheists. However, I always have intellectual curiosity, so I'm always willing to adjust my opinions and thoughts according to the facts and evidence. Also, it is very hard for me to stand with uh, openly hostile people uh, that are openly hostile to religious people. I don't have a problem with those that believe. I do have a problem with organized religion. Sure, they do uh, they do good works, but sometimes I wonder if the losses uh, really justify the gains uh, with religion. And I think it's a, a, a one-on-one basis uh, type deal but i watch youtube channels like gm ethics on youtube and he uh he advocates for a uh, softer approach uh based on facts uh facts and uh compassion anyways it was great hearing from you guys as always and just remember Brittany, i sure do like them biscuits and mushrooms <laughs> we'll be talking to you later y'all have a good day Brittany is best part love you Love the show. Bernie's the best part. Bye. Oh, I love that. Um, French fried taters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I like the way you talk. I, I can't focus on anything else. Other I than, like the way you talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all from Sling Blade, by the way. Referencing <laughs> a, a previous discussion that we had on 672. 
Yeah, I I love everything about that call. I I certainly like we talked about believe that people can benefit right from their beliefs and that's obvious that's without a doubt i mean it, study after study after study right you find that in that. religious literature and I, well, no, no, no. I, i'm sorry I mean... in research literature <laughs> oh my god well you don't want to rely on religious I literature know, as to whether religion's a good thing <laughs> I, yeah i'm trying to find my words after the sling blade just endless sling blade impressions that happen uh... there but i i think it's important and mark talked a little bit about this that and we're seeing this with the pandemic. Shaming people doesn't actually change behavior. Yeah, okay? right. And this is something that's borne out in the literature as well. If you shame people, that's not going to create the behavioral change that you're looking for. So when Jeremy talked about how that was his tendency to be very argumentative and try to shame people and talk about how stupid they were, those aren't going to result in the types of changes that you're looking for, especially if you're looking to shine a light on the ways in which people's uh, beliefs may be harming other people or oppressing other people, and you're trying to prevent that from happening and you want to see a change related to that well shaming people and talking about how stupid they are is is not going to get you there right and yeah. you, you can just think of this example in your own life right rely on that anecdotal evidence when you have changed your mind is it because someone said hey you're really dumb and you have really stupid opinions so you're going to need to change those yeah right and then the light bulb just went off you're like oh shit you're right that's not how it happens yeah I, I, and and i'm i'm assuming that you agree with me on this that it's not Shaming and, and engaging, if you're choosing to engage, let's say that, if you're choosing to engage with someone, shame shouldn't be the, the way you go about it. Now, not engaging with someone because they are a bigoted fuck, completely different thing. Can you say more about what your point is? I, I'm. Well, I'm just thinking of, of like gays or trans people in the audience who, who, shouldn't be at all expected to deal with someone who believes that their very existence is uh, an abomination. Mm -hmm. So what the distinction I'm making is if you choose to engage, Mm -hmm. shame shouldn't be the output because it's not going to gain the results that you think it is. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a positive result. Mm -hmm. So the choice should be either to engage, um, productively mm-hmm. or write them the fuck off yeah so i guess i'm i'm kind of confused how we got here but i'll i'll say um that saying shaming isn't an effective way to change people's minds doesn't mean that i'm saying that people should be engaging in conversations with people like i, I feel like those are two yeah, completely no, no, different no. things you're right i was that's why i said Could- I think that you would agree with me, and I, right. I know you do. Well, and because my focus is on what's going to lead to productive conversations. So yeah. If you're choosing to engage in a conversation, and the intent there is to maintain a relationship, to possibly get a perspective, get your perspective heard by the other person, um, even if your intention isn't to change them, right? But yeah. just to have like an open conversation then shaming isn't the way to go. And the reason I drew drew a parallel to the pandemic is people are starting to shame people that aren't wearing masks. And the most likely outcome for that is having people dig in their heels about how yeah. they're right. And Which we're seeing that. they're not going to wear a mask because F you. Yeah. And so it, it just isn't the, the best way to go about things. It's just not. Yeah. And I understand people being angry. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you heard Mark talking about how it took so much for him to overcome the the difficult experiences that he had as a result of religion. And you'll hear people who work in uh, the mental health field, specifically dealing with the effects of religion, talk about things like religi- religious trauma syndrome, which is not something that's in the DSM, but it's something that um, professionals in the field are recognizing as something they want to be supported as a more official uh, syndrome. And that's because of negative experiences in religion and how many people are coming forward wanting mental health services to cope with yeah. the negative results of being raised with certain beliefs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we'd love to know what you think about this. This is part part of what we do here, moving the conversation forward, giving an opportunity for the audience to sound off, amplify their opinions, ask their questions, engage in a new form of conversation. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Holy shit. Uh, just got done with the recent episode. Something that I don't remember hearing about the VP comment. Uh, Stacey Abrams. I don't know if you guys have caught the recent interview she was with, um, with Joe Biden on Lawrence O'Donnell, I believe. She killed it. Stacey Abrams is, she's the shit. Uh, also the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of tuned him out quite a while ago when he started getting onto the anti PC bandwagon thing. You know, these guys, him, Bill Maher, and I don't know, Sam Harris and those kind of guys that they want to bitch about somebody who's bitching about somebody else who's bitching. It's just, once you get past the third level of bitching about somebody, it kind of gets lost <laughs> in the weeds for me. So anyways, uh, oh, last time I forgot to say, this is John H. in Kansas. So thank you. Bye. John, thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, listen, Stacey Abrams, Brittany, I think you listened to a, a bio of her or an interview of her on some podcast. Yeah, with David, David Axelrod. And she's like a fucking a prodigy, always was like super genius, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. growing up even, this was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And has a very powerful story. And she is often toward the top of the list in terms of public approval for vp we talked about yeah, elizabeth yeah. warren being at the top but stacy abrams is also uh, toward the top so she would be in my number one number two spot for vp yeah she's definitely a great choice and fair- we need somebody super fucking smart sorry fair enough for john for, for calling us out on not including her in that conversation i think the main focus for me and focusing on elizabeth warren is that joe biden is going to the bottom yeah. Of the polling. Right. Rather than the absolute The absolute pinnacle. top. And yeah. Stacey Abrams is oftentimes above Kamala. So Kamala's not necessarily at the bottom. Amy Klobuchar certainly is. So it's just strange to me that Joe Biden is not focusing on what the polls are suggesting yeah. would be the best likely outcome. And also he did. He made that appearance with Stacey Abrams on TV. And that seems like an odd move if you're not going to be picking her for yeah. VP. I don't know what that's about. Is he kind of like feeling the feeling the waters is that the phrase that, feeling the waters what is testing the waters testing the waters he's, he's feeling them he's testing them by feeling them yeah there we I, go i think that is he's floating the trial balloon out there to see what people's <laughs> reaction is why are you laughing i don't know i've never heard that before i thought you were trying to make me feel better about inventing a new phrase he's feeling the trial balloon <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is 
I bet he is. Anyway, uh, yeah, listen, um, only time will tell, to state the obvious. We'll find out soon enough who it's going to be. We are going to find out soon enough? Soon enough, When do you think will. we will find out? Uh, yikes. Um, what are we, May? Month, month and a half. So we're like... Six weeks away. We're like six months away from an election. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Think of how much we have been talking about the election. We haven't been talking about that at all. No, there's other very uh, distracting, and obviously you know the pandemic, but I mean, it's a weird time that there's other things going on that are taking precedent over. Right. Over a, a presidential election and one in which we're, we, we, we are endeavoring to get rid of Donald Trump. Right. I mean, goddamn, th- these are unwieldy times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Please, if you're someone who's been on the fence, hasn't called in, hasn't sounded off via voicemail or voice memo, we would love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and Good-looking listeners like you, by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank Pamela. Pamela. And Charlotte. Charlotte. For being our latest PayPal contributors. Fan. Fantastic. Thank you to each and every one of our Patreon supporters, PayPal supporters, people who shop on Amazon through the dollamore.com slash Amazon link. But knowing that Jeff Bezos is on track to be a trillionaire. In 2026, they're saying. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of that. He'll. I always emphasize what a billion dollars is, that it's a thousand million dollars. It's also important to be aware of that. He's going to be worth... A thousand billion dollars. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. And now he's taken away the two dollar bump per hour to his warehouse employees. He's taking it away next month. Right. That's what I was going to say. He's going to be dropping the COVID-19 hazard pay raises for warehouse workers after May. Because it's going to speed him up to get to the trillionaire mark just that much quicker Making a joke. It's not going to get him there any quicker. Fucking. Ugh. So just be aware of that when you use the dollamore.com slash Amazon link yeah. to shop on Amazon, which we still do, by the way. So I know that we talk about this. We're and- trying to get it less and less, though. Yeah, we need to stop. And we, um, we bought things on Macy's yesterday. <laughs> Which, good for us, for supporting Macy's. No, well, <laughs> well, where am I going to get athletic shorts, the specific ones that I want? Well, I... What am I going to do? Handcraft them myself? I'm just... Grow sh- some fucking hemp in the backyard we don't have? Etsy. <laughs> Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? There's for sure shorts on Etsy. All right. There's for sure someone working very hard in their home studio making shorts on Etsy. I want them to be patchouli scent free. That's all I'm saying. Not everything on Etsy is patchouli scented. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? I'm not the one being hateful right now. How dare you? Anyway, thank you 
to each and every one of you for listening to the show, supporting the show, and we appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump has really displayed his jackassery, his dumbassery, his his penchant for being just a fucking record-setting moron. The other day they had an event where he was greeting is it is it is it nanogenarians? 95-year-old World War II veterans in the middle of a global pandemic, a desperate global health crisis, and Donald Trump greets these men, these war heroes, without a fucking mask on. And when asked about it, seriously, it it, it is one of the most infuriating things for me that Donald Trump has the single most punchable, he's the single most punchable fucking face in the world and the single most protected by law and armed security guards the the most protected face. You know what I mean? Listen to his response when asked about this particular moment. President, you were with seven American heroes earlier today, these uh, World War II. I was. All in in their 90s. Did you consider wearing a mask when you were with them, given their... No, because I was very far away. I appreciate the question. Uh, I was very far away from them, as you know. Uh, I would have loved to have gone up and hugged them, because they're great. I had a conversation with everyone, but we were very far away. You saw... uh, Plus, the wind was blowing so hard in such a direction that if... If the plague ever reached them, might be very surprised. It could have reached me, too. You didn't worry about me. You only worried about them, and that's okay. Because I think they're so pure, it will never happen. All right? They've lived a, a great life. But, uh, no, the wind was uh, howling. And I didn't see anybody with masks. I don't know. Maybe there were. Uh, but uh, they were uh, they were great. I had conversations with them, but I was standing. As you noticed, would you say I was quite far away? Uh, thank you, John. So I heard... I didn't hear this when I listened to it on the computer, but I hear it now in my headphones. Is it the pure thing? They're not going to get coronavirus because they're so pure. No, it's the laughter from some people in the room. And I think that I often wonder, would I find this endearing if he wasn't so vile? And I don't know the answer to that question, but I don't find it endearing. And the people who were laughing must have found his comments endearing. What it is for me is just further reinforcement that he only considers himself in and expects, whatever situation he's in. And expects others to only consider him. And then he, You didn't ask about me. Yeah, he's hypersensitive to not being the center of attention. And to to say you're not worried about me, you're, you aren't worried if I'm going to get sick. I mean, for the love of God, what, what's happening? You're, 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 oh, wait, you're only, you're only focused on the frail... 95-year-old World War II veterans, you're not worried about me. Well, and Donald Trump's always bragging about his health, and he's in the best health of his life, and he's so fit and so muscular, and I mean, he doesn't say those things, but he believes those things. do, Do we not need to even mention that whether or not they are pure doesn't matter whether they'll get the virus, you fucking monkey. Well, he doesn't care about science and clearly we have seen this 
clearly, in the midst of the pandemic, (laughs) unfortunately. And then, this is another moment that happened this week, that is, Stephen Miller's wife, yeah, Stephen Miller, that Stephen Miller, just got married a few months ago, a couple of months ago. And his wife is the communications director, the press secretary, for Mike Pence. She has tested positive for coronavirus. Trump was asked about that. And if you want to hear something (laughs) that really does point to Britney's point that uh, he doesn't have any regard or understanding of science, listen to his answer when asked about her positive test result. Questions, John? Second staff yeah. in the West Wing. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about it. Does anybody want to talk about it? It's uh, she's a wonderful young woman, uh, Katie. She tested uh, very good for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden today she tested positive. Uh, she hasn't come into contact with me. She spent some time with uh, the vice president. Uh, it's uh, I believe the press person, right? Say press person. Uh, so uh, she tested positive out of the blue. This is why the whole concept of tests aren't necessarily great. The tests are perfect, but something can happen between a test where it's good and then something happens and all of a sudden she was tested uh, very recently and tested negative. And then today, I guess, for some reason, she tested positive. So Mike knows about it and Mike has uh, done what he has to do. I think he is uh, on an airplane going to some faraway place, uh, but uh, you'll be able to ask him later on. But they've taken all of the necessary precautions. Uh, I understand Mike has been tested, vice president, and he tested negative. So there's plenty of examples that have been trotted out in the aftermath of this comment. People talking about, oh, I had a pregnancy test and it was negative and it just kept being negative. And then all of a sudden it was positive. Like, what's he, what's even the point of this test? <laughs> you know, what a fucking idiot. Seriously, listen to the isolated moment of. Listen, when I say that if you're still at this point after hearing this clip that I'm getting ready to play again. If you still support Donald Trump, you're either a fucking idiot, you're either stupid, or you're sinister. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I'm wondering... I'd, I'd love to know what it is that prompts you to play it because I just kind of was sitting over here going into like a meditative state while you started to rage. Is that one of the signs? I don't know. It just sometimes it just, you know, with them like, fuck you, fuck you. I get angry and I'm, um, I think anytime that I'm really exhibiting black and white thinking, mm. it, it, it triggers in me. Ah, you better, you better play the, the disclaimer. <laughs> so for those of you, who still, probably not many out there or any out there, but if you still support Donald Trump after listening to this, you're really either stupid or you're sinister. So uh, she tested positive out of the blue. This is why the whole concept of tests aren't necessarily 
Great. The tests are <laughs> perfect, but something can happen between a test where it's good and then something happens and all of a sudden she was tested very recently and tested negative. And then today, I guess, for some reason, she tested positive. For some reason? Today, for some reason, she p- tested positive. I don't Maybe it's the fact that she has coronavirus now and she didn't before, you fucking swollen-headed pig! So the remarkable thing that Donald Trump has done, because now he's doing this Obamagate thing, right? And he was asked, what is Obamagate? Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know what Obamagate is. Everyone knows what it is, so you know what it is. Just read the newspapers, except for yours. Any other newspaper, except for yours. The Washington Post. Right, and it's just this nebulous language no one knows what he's talking about no one knows what he's referring to he doesn't even know what he's referring to but he's so successful at just generating these buzzwords that people then attach themselves to and start propping up as though they're real things it's because nuance is not the friend of the lower thinker and it's to distract from this kind of stuff yeah right from his inability to grasp basic concepts, because I think if people were to really take this to heart, right, listen to what he said here and like sit with it for a little while, they'd be like, oh, my God, what have we done? Yeah, Listen, it's not a one off, though, either. And this is not good to have, right, with someone who's trying to get us through a pandemic. Yeah. Well, even if we're not in the middle of a pandemic, you don't want a president who doesn't understand basic concepts of healthcare and and testing. He was in Pennsylvania. Two days ago, two days ago, he was in Pennsylvania. And lest you think it was just a mistake that he garbled some words, he said virtually an identically stupid thing in Pennsylvania. Don't forget, we have more cases than anybody in the world. But why? Because we do more testing. When you test, you have a case. When you test, you find something is wrong with people. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases. They don't want to write that. It's common sense. So we test much more, many, many times. South Korea, you hear about? I spoke with the president of South Korea. I spoke with many different if presidents. If we weren't testing, we wouldn't have nearly as many cases. Dickface, people would still be dying of coronavirus. We just wouldn't have them listed as confirmed cases of coronavirus. Right. The cases would still exist. Of course they would exist. It's just we wouldn't have an accurate number for the cases. And but even this is really motivated, right? Because Donald Trump, his his numbers are slipping in in key swing states and he knows it. He's getting those tweets i'm assuming is how he gets that information apparently he had a a a an argument a screaming match yelling at brad pat parscal his his campaign manager when Mm. given those particular terrible numbers Mm. yeah Yeah, i believe that because it has to be scary for someone who wants to retain power who knows that they are failing in a tremendous way (laughs) right and that that there's no way out for him Right. Because he doesn't have the skills. He doesn't have the abilities no. to change course here. And he's so egotistical that he won't listen to the experts around him. So in terms of molding or shaping his behavior and changing the trajectory here toward being different and caring about these issues, caring about science, allowing yourself to be molded by the people around you who know more than you, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. For sure. Because he's not going to change. The the other element to this that makes it dangerous for Americans 
is that in order to find people to work for him, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like you're cooking something on a, on a, on a cast iron skillet that has no oil in it and you just burn cheese to the bottom of it. It's that burnt, oh, that's a nightmare. burnt, crusty ass cheese. That's who you're hiring to be like, let's say your, your press secretary. <laughs> and now we have a new press secretary, Kaylee, Kaylee McEnany, who it's interesting that before she got the job, before he got the nomination, when he was just freshly on the scene as a presidential candidate, she was seeing a whole different tune until it looked like he was going to get the nomination, and then she jumped on board. So there is no moral integrity. There is no ethical standard. It's whoever's ahead, that's the guy I'm going to support, no matter how bad, no matter how good. None of that matters. Here is the evolution of Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee, how sick of polls are people in New Hampshire right now? Uh, probably very sick, especially when they see that Donald Trump is number two and doesn't deserve to be there. Okay, Look, what, I, what do you think of the of the, the Trump excitement? What do you chalk that up? I appreciate his boldness, and I think some of his rhetoric got the base excited, but it is not welcome rhetoric. Look, the GOP doesn't need to be turning away voters and isolating them. We need to be bringing them into the tent. Mm. Donald Trump is the last person who's going to do that. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. I want to make clear I don't support what Donald Trump said. I think he said something very unartful, very inappropriate. However, he was hitting at a real issue in this country. Well, let's talk about that then specifically. What Donald, his stance on immigration, what is it and is his stance the stance of most Republicans? I think that the stance of most Republicans is we've got to plug the border, but I think the mainstream Republican does not want to send the illegal immigrant back to Mexico. I think that they're here to stay. That's not the American way. We're not going to ship people across the border. There has to be some path to citizenship. Donald Trump has shown himself to be a showman. I don't think he's a serious candidate. Kaylee, <laughs> this is your guy. He's number two in the polls. Hey, I don't want to claim this guy. I Donald Trump, if we're going to be honest, is a progressive. He supports eminent domain. Uh, he's supported tax increases before. He's donated 300000 to Democratic candidates. So the fact that the Republican Party is now having to claim him is both unfortunate and, to me, inauthentic, because this is not a true Republican candidate. And the fact that he's being portrayed as such in media is troublesome and not accurate. They say that he said all Mexican immigrants are criminals and rapists. He didn't say that, by the way. You can go back and look at the statement. No, no, he didn't he say that. He said when Mexico sends you people, that's Donald. different. But people try to paint him as, as racist, as sexist, but he benefits from that because people are tired of this politically correct culture where you have to say everything perfectly correct or else no, you're going to offend an entire segment of, of society. So nothing's real. Nothing matters. What words were spoken weren't actually spoken. It is fucking nonsense. And then just weeks before she was hired on as the White House press secretary, the spokesperson for the White House, she said this on Fox Business about Donald Trump not allowing terrorism and not allowing this virus to come to America. Keeping in mind that right now, there are over 87,000 Americans who have died because of this virus that Donald Trump wasn't going to allow into the country. This president will always put America first. He will always protect American citizens. We will not see diseases like the coronavirus come here. We will not see terrorism come here. And isn't that refreshing when contrasting it with the awful presidency of President Obama?
So I wanted to get into a little bit of what Kayleigh McEnany had said in the past about Donald Trump. And she was specifically asked about her characterization of his comments as racist and hateful, right, in 2015. And she was asked about this during a press conference. Okay. And her her response was to blame CNN. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Right. She said, quote, for about the first four weeks of the election, I was watching CNN and I was naively believing some of the headlines that I saw on CNN. I quickly came around and supported the president. In fact, CNN hired me. I proudly supported this president, who I believe is one of the best presidents, if not the best president this country will ever have. And then she moved on to uh, attack different CNN contributors and guests. So. The reason that she characterized Trump's comments about immigrants as racist and hateful is because of CNN. Right. <laughs> the reason she said those words with her own mouth, using her own brain, right. is because of CNN. Those wily scamps. Right. Those rapscallions. Yeah. With their mind control. Right. <laughs> and, of course, she promised from the podium on her first day behind the podium that she would not lie to the American people. And I believe the timing was like 13 minutes past and, and then she, she lied. She lied. Yeah. So not off to a great start. Well, the other day, uh, this was on May 6th, Jeff Mason, wonderful reporter who is often subject to Donald Trump's hate and vitriol, asked Kaylee McEnany about this previous statement on Fox Business that Donald Trump wasn't going to let the, the virus come to our shores. This was how it went down. And this is going to lead us to this exchange on Joe Rogan about him calling her a fucking gangster. Kaylee, uh, in a previous life, before you were press secretary, you worked for the campaign, and you made a comment, I believe, on Fox, in which you said President Trump will not allow the coronavirus to come to this country. Given what has happened since then, obviously, would you like to take that back? Well, first, let me note, I was asked a question um, on Fox Business about president's travel restrictions. I noted what was the intent behind those travel restrictions, which is we will not see the coronavirus come here. We will not see terrorism come here, referring to an earlier set of travel restrictions. I guess I would turn the question back on the media and ask similar questions. Does Vox want to take back that they proclaim that the coronavirus would not be a deadly pandemic? Does the Washington Post want to take back that they told Americans to get a grip, the flu is bigger than the coronavirus? Does the Washington Post likewise want to take back that our brains are causing us to exaggerate the threat of the coronavirus? Does the New York Times want to take back that fear of the virus may be spreading faster than the virus itself? Does NPR want to take back that the flu was a much bigger threat than the coronavirus? And finally, once again, the Washington Post, would they like to take back that the government should not respond aggressively to the coronavirus? I'll leave you with those questions and maybe you'll have some answers in a few days. So the response doesn't answer the question, obviously, but it also spins away from the the intent behind the question, right? Which is saying that the coronavirus wouldn't come here is very dumb and I don't particularly like the question from Jeff Mason. I, I'm i not sure what the intent was. I'm assuming it was just to get her to admit that she said a dumb thing and admit she was wrong and admit that Donald Trump was wrong. Um, the likelihood of that outcome, he had to imagine, was 
I don't think very it's a, minimal. I, I, I don't agree with you. I, I don't think that it's a, a bad question or a, a meaningless question because she's now the spokesman for the White House. You need to be able to rely upon the word of someone who stands behind the podium and 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 tells you facts and data and what should be the truth. So what do you think the intent was behind the question? What was he looking for? Uh, explain, explain. Why did you say that? And now here we are. Yeah. So looking, it, it, it goes to credibility, I think. So looking for her to say what I just said, which is that she was wrong and she shouldn't have said what she said, right? Looking for an admission. Yeah, sure. I guess, but I don't, I don't see why that's a, I'm, I'm glad he asked. It needs to be brought to everyone's attention that it doesn't, that there is no standard of truth. It's just fucking saying dumb shit. Yeah, I guess I'm just, maybe I'm pessimistic on this issue. I mean, the outcome is not going to be that she says, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That was yeah, wrong. But, Donald but, Trump shouldn't have said that. Right. But that's not always the intent of getting a question asked. It's also to point out what likely is going to be a shit show uh, demonstration of, of just bullshit. Well, and that's what's unfortunate about Joe, Bi- uh, Joe Rogan saying that this was great. And also Jeff Mason's reaction, by the way, which was you were prepared for that. Especially when her answer was not one of preparedness. Yeah, well, it I, was spin. Yeah, I don't the, know if it was Jeff Mason who screamed uh, who screamed that last thing. Huh, it's, it sounded like him, so... It, it could have been. I just, I don't know that it was. Sure. So, um, I, it's unfortunate because this gets characterized as she did do well. And... By Joe Rogan. By people with a large platform, yeah, yeah, um, which is very sad and unfortunate. But the the headlines that she covered, we don't those. Do we know that those were written by the editorial board of the Washington Post? I mean, who who wrote those with that headline? We yeah. don't. Just because something was published in the Washington Post doesn't mean that you say the Washington Post took this position. That's a very strange way to behave. That's how people on the internet act. That's not how the press secretary should be acting. It's also a tactic that's used, excuse me, it's a tactic that's used all the time by the Trump administration and his people that, oh, CNN said blah, blah, blah. No, some guest on CNN said that. CNN didn't issue a statement. Right. And I think that's an important distinction that people need to make more often. Whether it's some someone who's writing an op-ed, someone who's making an appearance on a talk show, it's not the actual organization that put out the statement that did that. But saying that the coronavirus doesn't appear to be as serious as the flu is very much something different than the president of the United States or people who work for him coming out and saying that the coronavirus isn't going to come here. Yeah. Those are two different things. So she can pivot all she wants about different articles that were written that minimized how serious the pandemic would be. But that's very different from the president of the United States, who has all the access to information, who was being told these things, saying that coronavirus wasn't going to come here. Seventeen, More than a dozen times, Donald Trump was briefed in his daily presidential intelligence briefing and uh, did nothing. For a whole month, he did nothing. So anyway, Joe Rogan has some UFC fighter on and they're waxing as though they're, you know, public intellectuals in the town square. And he is praising Kaylee McEnany here, calling her a gangster, that she checkmated those douchey media people. It it is just he is slipping and sliding into the Trump camp 
right before our very eyes. And it's troubling to me because like you said, Brittany, he's got a massive, massive platform and people take, they get their news from Joe Rogan. They take their cues on not just what to think, but how to think from Joe Rogan. Here it is. But that lady, that new press secretary, she is. When a you sent me gangster. that video, dude, she's a gangster. Have you seen that video? You've never Jamie? seen someone more prepared for a question <laughs> in your life, Jamie. Do you, have you seen that? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I, small point on that, not the big point, but small point. She was so prepared. For yes, that. that's what I'm saying. Well, she's supposed to be prepared. That's Jamie. what I said. You've never seen someone you know more why? prepared for that. They're they're for that prepared. Specific question, yes, though. because yeah. they're prepared, and you know why they're prepared? Because they're trying to play gotcha. Yep. So she played gotcha with them. She checkmated them. She came in there with that fucking Elon Musk flamethrower. Play that video. Play that video. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. You're on the other side. No, no, no. I was saying. Oh, you're a Biden guy. No, hey, listen. Before everyone jumps in, I almost was saying that it almost seems like she was working with that reporter to say, hey, feed me this so I can shit on everybody. No, that guy got. Because that guy was. That guy was yelling. He was like, no, you were ready for this. Hold on, hold on. What do you just say? He served her up a softball so she could fucking fire off the machine gun. No, I don't think so. No, he didn't. That's not what he did at all. He tried to play gotcha with her. Do you want to take your word back? Because she said that Trump is not going to let the coronavirus come into the country. And what she's saying, the reason why they're shutting down. Uh, travel from Asia is because they're worried about the coronavirus coming to the country and Trump's not going to let that happen. So they, they tried to take what she said and, and take it out of context or frame it Make in a way bad. while she was saying that Trump is not going to let the country mm-hmm. get infected by the coronavirus. What she's trying to say is that she, he's not going to have free travel where people have coronavirus because it's going to bring the virus in. Not that it's the only way the virus is going to get here. The virus got here anyway. But she came with the fire the regardless, said, Jamie. Are you going to take that back? Okay, it's a d- first of all, it's a douchey question. Like All those are journalists are take kind that? of douchebags well, in the first place. They're trying so hard to have these moments where they, they fucking play got ya. But when do, when do these journalists quit being journalists and become like fucking trolls off Reddit? Like some of their questions <laughs> to Trump? That's why Trump goes so hard in the paint on them. I know, but he goes too hard. The problem he is cares like too he much. cares too much. He cares too much about what they think. A lion should not be so concerned about the opinion of sheep. Correct. Uh, that's, it's not... It's not becoming of someone who's in such a powerful position. You're the president, dude. Yeah. That guy's a fucking writer for the, the way Washington she handled Post. it, though. Oh, my God. She just dropped a fucking. It was sexy. Like it was sexy. Wildy Coyote with the TNT. Boom. She's like, you ready? You want to do it now? Yeah. And then she had a big smile and walked off as they're trying to say. And he's like, you prepared for that? Yeah, she went, thank you. Have a good day. Uh, oh, gee, you think she prepared for it with all those stats that she read right in front of you? Dude, they need to hire your boy Elon Musk to get on that fucking Where's the video, committee. pal? The, link, the first thing I have didn't have the video links. I'm looking for I, re- oh, I retweeted he's, it. He's holding on to it. He doesn't want to give it to us. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jamie doesn't want us to know. <laughs> yeah, I get shit because of this. I'm in the middle of doing five things and switching the cameras between Jamie, you guys talking. Jamie, and Google, and we're, we're just playing. Let's no, play, man. No one online thinks you guys are playing. Oh, well, come well, on. Uh, people online, I love Jamie Vernon, and we're just playing. However, I do know that he's on the wrong side. Oh. He's, he's on the side of the bad guys. <laughs> That'll be fun for you, Jamie. I'm going to no. say, well, let me go to the fight companion. My, my, oh, here it is. Fine? Here. Play this. Hold on, full full page and make it loud. President Trump will 
will not allow the coronavirus to come. So then they go into the clip that we've already played for you. So when we, there's another clip, shorter, a lot shorter than this, that, we, that they're going to come out of the clip and then start talking again. But what the fuck is going on with Joe Rogan here? This is, one, he's calling Donald Trump a lion. A lion should not be so concerned about the opinion of sheep. Way to fucking lift up Donald fucking Trump. Dumb shit. Fucking unbelievable. And also, let me say this. I'm fucking sick and tired of people starting phrases relative to Donald Trump and his employees covering for them by saying, well, what she's trying to say is she is a paid communicator, Joe Rogan. She doesn't need you to explain what she meant to say, what she was trying to say. She's the spokesperson for the President of the United States of America. She doesn't need you, fucking comedian, to explain what she was trying to say. We know what she said. That Donald Trump was not going to allow the virus to come to America. Well, I think it's also interesting that he used the word stats, that she's going to cite some stats. Yeah, no stats. She read some headlines from some articles, which, again, we don't know who wrote them. We don't know (laughs) who advocated for those articles. So it's just it's it's very strange when someone uses their tremendous platform to support someone like Kaylee McEnany, who is lying to the American people every time she gets up behind the podium and to malign the journalists in the room. And listen, I said I I don't like the question either. I wouldn't call it a douchey question. I just don't think it's going to be the most productive question because he's not going to be able to get the response that he wants from that question. Um, but do I respect the people in that room that are trying to hold power accountable in that moment yes i do and anyone who maligns that is not on the right side of history here and it's alarming to hear both these dudes uh talk that way especially knowing how influential they can be and listen sarah huckabee sanders pulled this same kind of shit were they talking about how gangster Sarah Huckabee Sanders was? Or is it because Kaylee McEnany is a young, hot blonde? They said sexy how many times? Oh, it was so sexy. It was so sexy. I mean, come on now. Are, are we going to are we gonna see see this for what it is? That, that it's like the halo effect, right? She's yeah. attractive. They find her attractive. And so they're attributing positive qualities to her and calling her a gangster and thinking she's so good at her job. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was just as manipulative. Just as much as of a liar. Every single one of of Trump's spokespeople has been. She actually went harder against the press than Kayleigh McEnany is. Yeah. She's not. She's a Huckabee. Not quite as sexy, Mm. Brittany. Mm. Uh, The the segment wraps like this. I'll leave you with those questions and maybe you'll have some answers in a few days. Drink that shit in, Jamie. You, you, Drink you it were, in. You you were prepared for that. Oh, yeah. You, uh, oh, like you yeah. with your practice bullshit question. Imagine you have one opportunity to ask her a question, and that's what you ask her. You, this, but then you get gotcha. lit the fuck up. You got lit up. Da, 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 da. Boom! <laughs> and then you get out of there, and everyone's like, <clears throat> damn, that was crazy. Yeah, man. and you got served. You some. got fucked up. Yeah, he got served. 
I want I want Dana the <laughs> Jamie. I'm asking a question. I'm throwing it out there. You guys can say that's not it, but I'm just asking okay. a question. Go ahead, ask a question. That was it. What, oh, was, do you think it was a, a softball setup? No, he's a cunt. You could see. I don't know who the guy is. I'm just asking. I don't no, know who the guy he, is either. What he was doing like that that was a is a cunty question. I don't know if he's a cunt. Maybe he's like, a really nice guy. You can look that's at his, his face job, though. though. That's his job. His job is gotcha. to try to get attention and get some gotcha. Yeah. So he played gotcha and he got caught. He, he got, got smacked down. <laughs> so if I'm choosing between who's the cunt, Jeff Mason or Joe Rogan, I can tell you it's not going to be Jeff Mason. Not, not, not in the slightest. What is happening to Joe Rogan? Has it always been this way with Joe Rogan? Has he always been this lacking intellectual ability i i don't know that it's that i think it's sympathetic to the right wing and if you're asking if that's always been the case i can't answer that question but i do know that he platforms a lot of people that are uh right wing activists and i just thought he was smarter than this i I really thought he was smarter because he says you get one opportunity to ask a question of the white house press secretary are you do you not watch how it works, dum dum? They're in the, the White House press briefing room now far more often. It's not one chance. Jeff Mason from Reuters isn't going to have one chance to ask a question. They have usually they ask several questions apiece. They kind of go around the room. It's not one. It just it's a fundamental lack of understanding of basic information. Well, and we should be holding the press secretary to a higher standard, right? She isn't there to troll people. She isn't there to dominate, crush. What are those words they put before YouTube videos? I'm not good at this. Destroy. Yeah, destroy. And that's not her job, right? That's not her job. Yeah. So to praise her for being a troll seems odd. Seems very odd to me that someone would take that position. Yeah, but she's sexy. Hot sexy. Yeah. Him and his fucking UFC guest. It's confusing. Yeah. Confusing to use your platform in that way. Because now, how many people walked away from that conversation uh, with a ignorant view of what what took place there? Because they weren't fully informed. And listen, if you're going to be talking about this stuff, then give it some context. I mean, there there was nothing really useful about that conversation that I just heard. In fact, I was sitting here hoping... For, for it to end yeah i was wishing that it would end well listen what they're doing is giving legitimacy to a liar to someone who is a paid liar american tax dollars are paying her to lie to the american people because when she lies to the press it's not just lying to the press it is lying to the american people Journalists are the only occupation that is specifically protected by the Constitution of the United States. And Donald Trump and his allies, like Joe Rogan, feel so little for that, that they're going to malign what the press is doing in that room. Fucking disgraceful. We'd love to know what you think. I know that there's probably some crossover relative to our audience and his, because his audience is massive. He has a giant, giant platform. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
We would love to hear from you. We're going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.